Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger, and I'm here in real life in Brendan's apartment. Yes, we are here. It's you, me, and my giant wall-sized tapestry of Jeff Goldblum. Our third host. He remains silent, but he's always watching and judging. Silent but deadly. Jeff Goldblum's tapestry. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I would like to lead this episode with an incredible thing that happened uh, in the past week. Stephen is already grinning from ear to ear. No, go ahead. Um, so I'm, I'm here in person. Dunk on me. Yeah. So there was a there was a leak recently <laughs> of a new legend for Apex Legends. A new character was was revealed, and um, there. So this leak came out, and everybody was like, "Is this real? Is this not real?" And some people were like, "It's so obviously fake." And then somebody made another more obvious fake one than the actual real leak. I'm not going to say what the leak is in case people want to be surprised or whatever, but somebody made like a really fake one. And that one uh, was named Karma, who was like a character that like had like abilities that kind of were Reddit adjacent. They were like kind of Reddit-esque. And then some news outlets didn't read the descriptions of those uh, of, of those abilities and then picked up the story and said, Karma is another new leaked Apex Legends character. And then somebody was like, how far can we take this? Oh, uh, I see is any character we put on this subreddit going to get picked up by the news? And they said that Crash Bandicoot was going to get added to (laughs) Apex Legends. And I sent that to Steven saying, this is the new character that just leaked. And he asked me, really? And I said, yeah. (laughs) You said yes. I did. Which is even more definitive. Because I thought that you were goofing, so I doubled down on my goof. I was yes-anding you I thought I got that <laughs> incorrect. I got the message like at the end of a dark day and saw Crash Bandicoot in the roster, which, as we've discussed in the past, you know, a lot of fighting games and and like hero games like this that have this roster often mix up franchises and have like cameos and all that. Right. There's a certain point of uncanny valley territory where one gets nauseous. <laughs> uh, we determined that. With Smash Brothers, if Yoda was ever to join the roster, right, yeah. the Smash Brothers, you would just kind of feel sick, right? Um, yeah. As as what happened when he joined Soul Calibur, uh, yeah, I felt a little sick. Exactly, Darth Vader um, and, and Yoda. I got that message. I asked if it was real. He said yes, and I felt sick. And I said, well, maybe that's it. Yeah, I don't know if I could like. Not that I dislike Crash Bandicoot, but. <laughs> I just felt him entering the Apex Legends lore was too much for me at that current time. Yeah. Then, like. I want to say four days later. <laughs> we kept talking. I moved on. I kind of accepted. I didn't tell anybody. I was like, well, you know, I it was as if I got really bad news. I just had to carry with me <laughs> Crash Bandicoots and Apex Legends. I, the game that I got into despite all odds, and now I'm back, back out. Yeah. Um, and then I pulled up the image of Crash Bandicoot and Apex Legends, and I read, which... I should have known it was a goof. Right. But I read the abilities, and all his abilities were crashing the game. Yeah. So it was like his passive ability is the game crashes when you like start a match. or Yeah. Uh, and then I, then I messaged you like, oh, it's a goof. And yeah. you're like, oh. Then you felt sick. because like, That's when I felt sick, yeah. Four days to figure this out? Yeah. I So I think the, the main question that I walked away from this experience wondering, the thing that I've been dying to ask you and I've been holding in all day as we've been hanging out, and I'm so glad that we finally hit record on audacity.app what what wouldn't you believe 
It's imagine it wasn't question. no 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 imagine imagine it wasn't Crash like what char- like what character oh, would you oh oh could I you, you just meant me no like, no no in not general you. what character could you conceivably see being cross posted from a different franchise into Apex Legends so wh- what's the furthest you can push a Apex Legends cameo basically? yeah exactly um. You said this, what wouldn't you believe? So that means that, like, this is a character that is, like, believable, but is, like, farthest, the yeah. farthest you can push it. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it was Crash. <laughs> that was, like, if you had told me Crash, like, he's up there with Shrek for me. Like, if you had told me that Shrek was going to be an Apex Legends, I'd be like, oh, okay, you can only land in the swamp. <laughs> it's funny for some reason i always want to land in the swamp and yeah. our friend who was playing with us was like is this some kind of like off-brand shrek reference you're doing like, <laughs> honestly no i just like it there yeah no one else is there yeah um i feel like what would be potentially believable but would still be like the furthest you can push it is some kind of rare character like banjo kazooie or someone <laughs> yeah because you know it's like who is who is the like cereal box friendly mascot from xbox these days Mm -hmm. the answer is really no one but like there was a hot minute in 360 era where they they bought rare and were like trying to continue those properties and they all just went down real quick um not that apex legends is associated with microsoft in any way but i just i'm thinking about like franchises that have not like it's sort of like in Apex Legends when you land and you pick up all the weapons. Yeah. At this point, the characters who would appear in a game like this have been chosen. Yeah. So we are dealing with like the backpack and arc star <laughs> franchises. Uh, so it's like, hey kids, uh, guess who's in this? You guessed it, Joe Dirt. He's in Apex Legends. <laughs> I don't think. Do you think, honestly, like outside of this bit, do you think they would ever have like a cameo character from a different? franchise i don't really see it honestly i don't really see it either they did put thanos in fortnite though <laughs> well, but fortnite is so like irreverent in its tone that like yeah could, whatever throw no i I, bird, you know? I think what i mean by that is like there is precedent in this franchise for like when a game gets as big as fortnite did right for those kinds of brand deals to start happening right and it wouldn't surprise me, considering Apex Legends currently is bigger than Fortnite. You know, for the time being, we'll see if that like evens out or whatever. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if Respawn is getting hit with brand deals left and right, and like they are literally being asked to put, I don't know, Dante from Devil May Cry in, <laughs> like, in an attempt to boost sales of Devil May Cry when that comes out. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I, I think I think for at least the next few characters, I'd want them to be specific to that universe yeah i don't know much about the titanfall universe but you know let that play out before you add like yeah the, the muppets or whoever you're gonna throw in there right like like the thanos Sam thing. The eagle he's my pick yeah oh i would love Sam. wait the eagle. was it when if we're gonna dunk him let's keep going i described myself <laughs> as sam the eagle meets oscar the grouch yes and you're like that's perfect I yeah like, i didn't think it was that perfect but here i am it, no it, it works no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Sam the Eagle meets Oscar Grouch. It was Sam the Eagle meets uh, Ernie. Ernie, that's better. Yeah. yeah, I have I have the baritone of Sam with the uh, I'm yeah. Ernie rising on the <laughs> Sam the Eagle moon. Yeah. Anyway, um, the thing with the the Thanos and Fortnite was that that was like a, a limited time thing around the time that Infinity War came out. I could see like a timed event being like really weird in Apex Legends. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that would be fun or not. I could see before they would add like an irreverent character, I could see them adding a skin that is like that, like winks at a character or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, exactly. I think, uh, 
Because the skins right now, like, they're just starting to, like, I see, like, what is exclusive in the store and all that. Yeah. And they're just starting to get, like, I, I unlocked one for Wraith that's, like, very kind of Mortal Kombat looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wonder if, like, that would kind of be the direction they go in versus, like, standalone characters. Yeah, I'm hoping for more interesting skins. But anyway, I just wanted to talk about Crash Bandicoot. No, it's, I'm glad. You know, it's kind of funny because when you said what wouldn't you believe, there was a time in my life where I was extremely gullible, especially when it came to video games. because. Oh. This is a fun uh, uh, journey into the past, but okay. at the peak of my nerdiness, which maybe now for all I know, but <laughs> at least when I was a kid and I yeah. wasn't like shy about it, in like third grade, I would come to school with like eight strategy guides and just like plot. <laughs> you look terrified, and so was no. I love else. it. No, this is great. But I would like show up to lunch like ready to talk, and I was yeah. like, okay, I got. <laughs> Like, my lexicon of yeah. fucking nerdum here. Right. It was the Final Fantasy VII strategy guide. Of it course. was, like, I think Pokemon or something. Yeah. It was third grade. Yeah. Um, uh, so, <laughs> I would always come in with that, and people would tell me stuff about games I liked constantly, and they were all wrong. Yeah. Like, I remember we were talking about House of the Dead in third grade, and someone was like, oh, if you do this, like, you interrupt, like, a zombie wedding. And it was like... <laughs> You had to fight the groom. I'm like, dude. So like, I remember like <laughs> being in like the boardwalk in the like gross booth with my dad, being like, "We have to fight the groom." Yeah, and putting in like way too much of his money into the machine and quarters. Yeah. Um. So that that touched <laughs> that nerve. I was like, man, I I guess I don't think I would characterize myself as gullible, but when it comes to like news like that, yeah, I think also just I'm I'm ready to believe anything really at this yeah. point with with the. Uh, the current state of, of, of games and who's in what. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's incredible. Yeah, I remember in probably also like third grade, maybe like around that vicinity, I remember hearing uh, a very specific uh, set of things that you could do to get Pika Blue in Pokemon Yellow. Dude, yeah. And, yeah. and the first thing was like, if you've already passed this point, you have to start over from the beginning. And I remember I deleted my completed Pokemon Yellow save and started over and then found out that it wasn't true. And yes. I was like, wow, this sucks. Someone told me if you talk to the dude in like, the guy who goes to an Eevee in, mm-hmm. Cer- in Celadon, no, Cerulean City. Yeah. Uh, I believe, right? No, it's Celadon City, actually. Um, yeah. If you talk to him 900 times, he gives you a Mew. <laughs> and he curses. He was like, fuck off and take a Mew. And everyone's like, cool. Yeah, it did not happen. Um, yeah. Real talk, too, if we're going to go into third grade blues, I was uh, the third grade peak of third blues. Third grade peak of blues. There's there the title. There's the title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like one of the first kids to get Pokemon cards, yeah. and I gave a lot of them away because I wanted people to have them. Yeah. So I had like a deck of like Machops, and I was like, "Here you go, here you go." And then like everyone was such a fucking everyone was so mean to me back then. Really? I was taken advantage of. I there were also like, um, so like when cards became more of like a commodity, because at that point like no one really knew the value of them. Right. But there were <laughs> there were races for them. So like a mad king, someone <laughs> would sit and be like. Professor Oak, and the people would run to a designated finish line. Whoever got in first would get that. Oh my card. god! So I felt like I planted the seed of corruption. Yeah, uh, and and no one was uh, no one was on the same level. Yeah. in terms of generosity. So wow. Only time I would highlight myself in that way uh, as a mad king. I was not the mad king. I oh, think right. I was you the were... blind prophet. <laughs> it was like one day the trees will be running, and that is how you know the end. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Don't listen to the magazine dork who shows yeah. up with a Bible of uh, materia guides. <laughs> Idiot. 
Let's steal his lunch money. One day... Third grade was fine. I don't mean to go into this so much. Now, do you, do you have more to say about third grade? Yeah, dude. Uh, what else should we do? <laughs> I think we, uh, we read a weird novel about people in Manhattan who planted... They all had a plant. It's called Seed Folks. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Good, Seed Folks. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good book. Um. Anyway, well, now that we've... <laughs> <laughs> there will be exactly one person who goes seed folks of course <laughs> Some, somebody out there if you're that person please uh send us some mail at p.o box <laughs> 405 um anyway uh um, pokemon pokemon that's why i think they're a great entered our unconscious yeah so, so rapidly i think so too our, our brains were trying to make a connection i was thinking about they're, that too because like we you're 92 i'm 90 but yeah. like we were born we're extremely exactly old when <laughs> <laughs> we are a extremely old and b uh born exactly when pokemon like started yeah so like i was looking at the uh the like generation of starters I'm like man i've been around for all of these yeah i can associate like different times in my life with each one yeah um, yeah i just to i guess clarify there was a thing going around twitter so they announced new pokemon games which we're going to talk about in a minute but there was a thing going on on twitter after that where there was like an image that everybody was sharing of all of the starters and then you would just kind of like put uh, twitter stickers on all the ones that you picked and not only do i remember like exactly the moment that i picked each of the starters but i also remember the moments that i picked different starters on like playthroughs of like second or third playthroughs of that game um, which was really strange. Like, I remember the first time I ever played Silver, I picked Totodile, because I was like, I'm always going to pick the Water Starter. That's going to be my thing forever until the end of time. Uh, and then I went back and picked Chikorita the second time as I, like, was older and was like, wiser, question mark? But that was also, like, me going into college. Um, yeah. And I was like, I can't pick Totodile again. Totodile's not cool anymore. Chikorita's the cool one. I was definitely someone who wanted to be a fire always person. Yeah. Um... I think Charmander was my very first, only because he's right in front of you. I didn't know there was an option. It came out when we were really young. So oh yeah. Honestly, real talk. I think Pokemon. I think the game came out when I was like seven. Yeah. So like, very foggy memories there. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember playing the first one. I know I finished it. I remember finishing it uh, in the front yard of a mutual yeah. friend of ours who lived down the street from me. Um, but, but yeah. Regardless, I I almost always. As evidenced by my pick, where I chose all mine, yeah, and I gave the rest of them Magmar's face, in right, and a weird flurry of talk about a mad king. I was <laughs> had too much power. Um, I almost always go grass. I've noticed. Mm. I looked at yours, looked at mine, and I think I'm your rival for most generations. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I've only gone water once, and it was for Totodile. Oh, Totodile is one of my favorites. Yeah, um, I think I just like lizards because all of mine are like weird turtles and yeah. like. Um, well, for Alligator, the the final evolution of Totodile always felt to me just like an old man. Blastoise and Alligator both feel like high school jocks who became like big dads, <laughs> or, or like way too into their child's like game. Yeah, come on, <laughs> pass. That's my best. Uh, hey, I'm auditioning for the role of a uh, Alligator in the <laughs> coming of age uh, uh, Friday Night Lights esque Pokemon spinoff. <laughs> but yeah, I um I think like. It's fun to kind of arbitrarily choose like which starter you're always going to pick. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll get into that. But yeah, I, I noticed that I usually go grass, although over the last two generations have gone fire. Mm. So I, I and I alternate between the two. Well, okay, wait, let's go through the list real quick. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, of all of them. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Just look, why why not? We're we're beating around the bush. We here. can give it more nuanced take here too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh all right. Bulbasaur Charmander Squirtle. Real talk? 
I love all of them. Like it's hard. It's it's we were again like we were born with that game basically. Yeah, we're extremely old. If I had to choose Bulbasaur, Bulbasaur is my fave. Mm, Squirtle for me. There you go. Yeah. I'm your rival. Yeah. Gen 2, baby. Chikorita, Cyndaquil, and Totodile. Totodile. We've already gone through this. Yeah, I went Totodile the first time, Chikorita the second time. If I had to pick a favorite, Cyndaquil. Cyndaquil was really cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually... That might be my favorite generation of starters, um, because I think that they all, like... There's all the very interesting... Like they as they evolve, they go th- like Chikorita. I think has the coolest payoff for the. Fi- what are you laughing at me? I'm, I was just making sure that I knew the names of all the Pokemon, and there is a generation where I don't know any of their names. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, anyway. uh, third gen. Yeah, uh, Trico, Torchic, Mudkip. Trico for sure. Mudkip. Mudkip is cool. I feel like that was sort of the the uh, the obvious choice. It, well, it was the meme already. Yeah, that exactly. was like the era of you're the man now. Dog Like yeah. Torchic is also, like, Blaziken became very Digimon and was, like, a guy. It was, like, a bipedal, like, person. Yeah. That kind of always made me feel strange. Yeah, I was never very into that. So, uh, I accept your Mudkip choice, but Trico all the way. Mm. It's understandable. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Turtwig. I, I don't even know their names. The Penguin. Yeah, it's a... it's a The Penguin. An Ice Penguin who becomes Empoleon. Uh, the Monkey that becomes Infernape. Yeah. And the, like, Bonsai Tree Bulbasaur. Yeah. Um... This is definitely the weakest generation. I'll I'll, I'll say, um, yeah. For the record, I I think I do like the turtle. I mean, it's kind of like a knockoff Venusaur. Yeah, it's it's Bulbasaur again. Um, yeah, but totally. I I liked that. I liked that design. Uh, Infernape was pretty cool too, though. And Napoleon actually is like a nice final form, but yeah, uh, that's why I went with the penguin. Yeah, penguin has a cool generation. final evolution. Yeah, um, but I I went with the turtle because I like that kind yeah. of vibe. Um, and then the next generation, I I have no idea Black what their names are. Black and white was uh, the pig that turned into Embor. Yeah. Uh, it was the... The otter? The otter. I don't know their name. And then there's Snivy. Snivy, yeah. Snivy, 100%. Yeah. The pig is cool. Embor, talk about a weird dad. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> For real. The final form of him is just like uh, the ki- the guy who like takes all the kids to the R-rated movie. Uh. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's see Joe Dirt this weekend. No. Yeah. Snivy is very cool. Snivy is kind of what I want a Trico to be like. Mm. He Snivy gets like a very regal vibe. I yeah, think. that's why I like Snivy. Also, he has a pop collar in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that generation had animated sprites for the first time, or not sprites? Yeah, uh, I guess kind of sprites. Mm-hmm. They had animated like pictures for the Pokemon. Snivy's animation is very like all-knowing benevolent mad king yeah into Ma- mad king so. yeah i don't know why this week is mad king week here on into the AK, but, <laughs> uh and then froki chespin and i have no idea what the firefox's name is because i always called them firefox i they become fennekin i think is the last yeah one. um this is a cool one because the uh otter i guess the grass guy becomes like a knight and yes. the frog becomes a ninja and the fox becomes a witch. It's yeah. kind of like yeah. physical uh, magic. Yeah, you, you very much get the like RPG um, classics. I like all these too. I went with the fox, but you know, obviously, um, what's his name? Greninja is, is the probably most known of them. Yeah, I think I think I went with Froki specifically just because I liked Froki more than anything else. Like I didn't even think about the final evolutions, which yeah. is a thing that I'm not really taking into account this time. But anyway, after that was Rowlet, Litten, and Poplio. These are all cool or too. Popolo I like uh, Litten because uh, you know me and Incineroar. We go way back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and for me it was Rowlet. Rowlet's very cool. It's, it's a, a small butler, owl with a bow tie. Butler owl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he there's... captures what is great about a lot of grass types, where they're like 
okay, I'm the Donatello. Like, yeah, I gotta, yeah. we gotta fall into this vibe. Mm-hmm. Which brings us, Brendan, to... We, it took us so long to get here. Yep. <laughs> to uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yes. Was revealed, and they revealed the new starters. So do you want to talk starters first, or do you want to talk about the game first? I feel like we're, we're on the starters track, yeah, and then we can it. talk about the game. But. I think we are on the same page for this one. Yeah, so there's three starters. Uh, I just forgot their names. There is... Sobble is the water type. Yeah, Sobble, uh, the 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 water type. Scorbunny, the fire type, and then Grookey, the, the grass type. The grass type. Sobble. I hope the evolutions become like harsher forms of crying as it goes on. Oh, you wanted like, to get sadder. <laughs> well, I don't want it to get sadder, but <laughs> it'd be interesting to be like you know like Weeple or something like yeah. Sob Weep and. I don't know what the last one would be. Yeah, I feel I feel like Weep would be the last one, right? Yeah, that'd probably be it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Score Bunny is like a... It's uh, a Tricks Rabbit. It's red. a Tricks Rabbit. It's also the uh, the Monster Rancher Rabbit. The yes. It could have been yeah. the Monster Rancher Rabbit. Absolutely. Uh, has the, it has a Band-Aid on its nose, that kind of classic trope of uh, yeah. a damaged hero. Yeah, and then like, I don't know, there are so many things that are just like telegraphing that that's going to become another firefighting type. I, I hope not. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, they're all, they're all cool in their own way. Real yeah. talk. But we have arbitrarily chosen a team that we will, maybe not arbitrarily, but we have both chosen one to, did re- you also pick? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, on three, we'll <coughs> say it. Yeah. One, two, three. <laughs> Professor Grookey. Oak. I'm going to put Professor Oak into a Pokeball. <laughs> I've always wanted to be inside. <laughs> yeah. these things. No, Grookey. Grookey is obvious. Grookey. Yeah. I, there aren't a lot of apes in the Pokemon world, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited to have like a grass type ape on my team. Yeah, you know. Can I call my shot early? Yes. With Grookey, I think grass fighting is the final type. Me too. There. I think that uh, Grookey has like a little like twig that's mm. that uh, it's using to, like hold the hair up or something or ears or whatever is going on there. Uh, I think that that twig is going to get longer and become a staff. I would love a firefighting. That'd be dope. Grass fighting, yeah. Grass fighting, excuse me. Yeah. Fire fighting. I wonder if the score bunny will be fire normal, which would be kind of a bummer for everyone who chose that. I would love that, yeah. Uh, and then I guess what would be, maybe Sable could be water psychic. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, if it's kind of rooted in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really, so Grookey, definitely my pick. I'm excited to, I almost want to go into this one not looking up what the evolved forms are because I want to have that genuine moment of either excitement or horror. Oh yeah. Where like, I'm like, okay, I've chosen to invest in you. Don't let me down. Yeah. Like there's the, there's a bunny in X and Y that starts off like kind of cute and harmless and yeah. evolves into like one of the most disgusting things I've seen in my life. Yeah. It, invol- it evolves into just a woman, right? Is that the one you're talking about? No, it evolves into like a, a like stout bunny. Oh, that one, that one, that one, that one. Yes, 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 yes. It's like a Lovecraftian nightmare. I was thinking of uh, the Gen Three bunny. That oh, ju- that I don't know that one. Just becomes like a a woman. Oh, like a real person. Yeah, it's really freaky. <laughs> Scary. Yeah. That's what Blaziken is. This like a guy. Yeah. 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 I I am I'm very <laughs> excited about. It's hard to starters. do a bipedal Pokemon. It is. A yeah. Hypno is right on the border there for me of like. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just he's actually based. Hypno is based off of a a demon from Japanese folklore mm. that takes children into like a realm of nightmares and they can never leave. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the first time Drifloon was always my favorite Pokemon yeah, for like a long yeah. time, and then I read the Pokedex entry and it was like Drifloon will just kind of drift near children, and then if they grab onto the string part, 
it'll just lift them into the sky until they're or, dead. Or uh, Spoink, if it stops jumping, its heart it's stops. Its heart stops, yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Charmander. If, if it rains and, and the flame goes out, that's it. The most haunting uh, Pokedex entry is um, Farfetch'd. Have you read that one? No. Oh, it, that it's the stick? No. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist. It's a stick that's in uh, Grookey's hair. Yeah. Um, Farfetch'd... Uh, the Pokedex entry is that there aren't many Farfetch'd left because people keep eating them. Whoa. So they're like the dodo bird, basically. That's uh, wild. Yeah. Wow, poor Farfetch'd. So that establishes that people eat Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to take in. That is a lot to take in. Yeah, there there's some frightening implications, I think. I mean, I think you could probably about. eat a Pidgey and not feel too bad because there are <laughs> so many of them in all continental regions. Yeah. Like, go ahead and, and you know, fry some up. Um <laughs> Have some have some pidgeys. Okay, maybe you know what Zubat feast away on Zubat because there are too many. I feel like Zubat would be disgusting. It would. would. That'd be like a gross taste. It would be like the dubious food in in, (laughs) the wild. It would. I I keep okay. Pidgey fine to eat. Pidgeotto not good to eat. Right? Yeah. Pidgeotto, I think, becomes like there's a certain point in which. At a certain level, Pidgey and Rattata are pests. Right? Yeah. This is coming from a vegetarian, too. So right. yeah, yeah, with yeah. Great assault. I was amazed I'm, that you brought this I'm up. Not, yeah. I'm not uh, actually... I'm rolling into the bit here. So yeah. just know that this pains me to even talk about. Mm-hmm. But um, I think Pidgeotto gets to a point where it's it's too majestic to consume. That gets into like kind yeah. of like big game hunting where it's just not cool. Right. You know? Um, I think you could eat drowsy, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're thinking. That feels like a lot. Maybe it's like cursed in some way. I'm telling you, at least based on Pokemon Go, I could not walk a block in Chicago without drowsy showing up. So you're you're picking this purely based on... Commonness. Yeah. On, <laughs> on population density. And the regions... Because... Drowsy clearly occupy like a dusty, what was once a lush farm is now overconsumed by psychic pig men. <laughs> uh-huh. So eat some. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Mr. Mime? Uh, that's cannibalism. Mr. Mime is somebody's son. That is <laughs> Mr. Mime just is a guy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, you could eat... Uh, <laughs> this is oddly fun. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why this is the conversation. I want to recommend three Pokemon eat. Pidgey, fine. Drowsy, even better. Uh-huh. Uh, third Pokemon you can eat. Um, you can eat Love Disc. Uh, Love oh, Disc. Yeah. Though it has high levels of mercury, so look out for that. <laughs> Otherwise, you can eat them just fine. Yeah. Um, I feel like you could eat a Gyarados. Okay. And feed a village for like a week. I was gonna say. Well, the thing is, I think if you if you can if you can catch that's the thing. Gyarados. Well, like you are like the 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 sea spirit blesses you. To it do is that. extremely easy to evolve a Magikarp. Yeah. Don't couldn't you see like a like a fish sanctum where they just like continue to train Magikarps until they turn into Gyarados and then ship that out? I think that's a bad. I think that's that. It will end in a curse. You think uh, so? Because I think that I think that in order to morally be able to eat a Gyarados, you have to catch it as it is. Oh. You have to show that you are strong enough, both in will and spirit, mm. to... A deadliest catch situation. Right. Whereas yeah. if you raise a Magikarp, you have invested trust in this hopeless fish that you are now consuming. It's too much. All I can think about is it are, are the shows on Discovery Channel in the Pokemon world now. 
Like a deadliest catch where you have like a group of fucking grizzlied people go out and try and catch a Gyarados to feed like the entirety of Cerulean City. When drowsies are in danger, they then had a dangerous stink to <laughs> scare away their prey. Mm-hmm. Or scare away their predators. <laughs> scare away their prey and then eat their nightmares. <laughs> Alright, let's get out of this. Uh we I don't want to talk about eating Pokemon anymore. Okay. Um but I do want to talk about is X uh, X and Y. I want to talk about X and Y. Okay. I want to talk about Sword and Shields. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Sword and Shield got announced. It's coming out uh, at the end of the year. They they confirmed again 2019. I was convinced it was going to get pushed. Um, yeah. I'm glad that it didn't. Uh, it's in a place called the Galar region, G-A-L-A-R. Mm. Um, they showed off the map. The map seems very linear. You start at the bottom. It looks like you just make your way straight up the map, which is kind of interesting. And it, it is very, I would say, like England. It is very, it is very... Um, it, it has, like, almost... I, I don't know why we keep bringing up Miyazaki on this show, but it reminds me a lot of Miyazaki's kind of leaning towards, uh, like, German and, and Italian architecture yeah, for all yeah. of the cities that his films take place in. I feel like this is kind of a blend of, like, that side of things, but also more firmly rooted in London in some instances. So you have, House Moving Castle. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah. You, you have, like, almost, like, industrial-era London, like, mixed with current modern stuff. Uh, so you have, like, the ivy crawling up uh, buildings and stuff. You have a lot of people wearing like corded cardigans. Uh, it's it's awesome. Yeah, I'm, fashion rules. Yeah, I'm great. really really excited about this location. Yeah, me too. I think I think that's something that the recent Pokemon games have fallen way more into is the setting. Yeah, like X and Y obviously had the 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 France theme pretty prevalent throughout. Right. Uh, Sun and Moon even more so with the sort of Hawaiian inspired setting. Yeah. And this time with with a more UK. Uh, UK, but like fantasy UK. Yeah. Um, uh, so Almost. I, um, uh, what, what's that show? Uh, full Metal Alchemist. It feels like a Full Metal I was, Alchemist. I, just, I was going to reference that. Yeah, like yeah. Where, where they grew up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does feel like that. Um, I still. <laughs> there is a Pokemon that is just Alphonse Ulrich. The like ghosts. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Brother. Um, yeah. I uh, know. Oh, but Alphonse. <laughs> was that too real for you? Yeah, that was a little bit too much. Brother, I think we should go. Come on, Al. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for the setting too. I do kind of think I was thinking about who the Team Rocket are going to be, and I feel like Game Freak must be like, we already did Knights. Why did we waste Knights on black and white when we were in New York City? Oh my god, yeah. I I want I want like like 1960s fucking like Beatles gutter oh punks. Oh my god, that's it. Yeah, that has. I, I was thinking I was thinking a more obvious <laughs> choice of like uh like British guards like kind yeah of the tall hats and like running through like. Like a farce running through doors after you or whatever. Yeah. Um, but no, if, it's it's the band that opened for the Beatles in the tunnel. If, <laughs> if the if the team rocket all have like Beatles haircuts, yeah, that like, would be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be because a good villain needs a theme song. So yeah. they could have I mean that's kind of what they did with uh with Team Skull and, and yeah, Sun and Moon. Totally. Um I love that. Yeah, that'd be great. They're also so getting more into the actual game. They stressed in the direct that wild battles are back, yeah, and as are gym battles. Mm-hmm. Both of those things, um, I actually liked the tone of battles in Sun and Moon, but I do think that, like, at the end of the day, people like the gym format. Uh, it feels like kind of yes, the the tone of battles were a fun change of pace, but I don't think it it didn't establish any new enough conventions to have to do that again. Yeah, um, can I just I, say a weird thing about those games real quick? Sure, just while we're on that point. 
a thing I was really surprised by with Sun and Moon, and especially when Ultra Sun and Moon came out, in Sun and Moon, they very much hint at them adding gyms to that game eventually, maybe through either a third version, an ultra version like they did, or DLC, because every there are eight towns that you visit that have places being built. And a lot of people talk about how they're building gyms in the Alola region. And I was just expecting them to like eventually add eight gyms yeah. uh, to whatever the third version was. And that ended up not happening, which I'm kind of surprised the by. The totem battles were actually very nerve-wracking playing it as a Nuzlocke, which is what I did. Yeah. I don't know how I would have liked them just playing it normally. Probably not quite as much, honestly. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy gyms are back. I didn't like need that, but um, that was a cool announcement. And wild battles are back, which like... I think it was probably to to wash away some fears from people who maybe didn't check out Let's Go of it being yeah. okay. And here's the thing. I, I think you and I are, are both people who really enjoyed Let's Go. Yeah, um, I did. I think that it was clearly kind of um, an experiment. I think that that game, if you actually play it, is a very... Despite being so nostalgic, it feels like a very fresh experience. It really does. And I think it was a classic example of Nintendo doing what they often do, where they release a game that may not be like the next mainline entry in the series, but they release a game that kind of tests out some ideas, mm-hmm. and they implement almost like, almost like a beta test. Yeah. And they implement that in the next release. They kind of did that with Link Between Worlds uh, into Breath of the Wild. Right, yeah. With the idea of doing the dungeons in any order and kind of having that world map open, be it in a 2D nostalgic setting. Yeah. And with Let's Go Pikachu, they kind of did that where it's like, okay, the series has kind of gone very far. Like, Sun and Moon felt like that was the furthest you could push the known formula. And and honestly, I mean, we talked about Sun and Moon and uh, applause for Jens Kruger in all the episode, the name <laughs> yes. of my poodle Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, that game, as much as I loved it, I loved it for the setting. I loved it for the new Pokemon. The Eloan designs were awesome. Yeah, um, there's a lot of fresh uh, design choices. But the things they added, like with the Z, like I never really used the Z moves, no. and like I think both with the Mega Evolutions and X and Y and the Z moves, while they didn't take away from anything, they didn't add anything. I agree. So I think Let's Go Pokemon, Let's Go Pokemon, you get all of them. Uh, <laughs> let's Go Pikachu, and Let's Go Eevee felt like, like okay, let's let's reel back in, yeah, and and focus on what makes this series so beloved. Yeah, and I. I we, we talk about it all the time, but, like, the Switch seems to be the playground for experimenting with known franchises and, like, right. making, taking what's best and, and accentuating it and kind of cutting away the fat. And I think, like, Breath of the Wild is the one that everybody always points to. But I think Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee are maybe just as good examples, if not better, of, like, let's take Pokemon and for the first time ever make it feel like a fresh experience again. And I think one of the big things for me that really made me love that game was the ability to avoid or get into battles whenever I wanted to. Um, I am kind of disappointed, actually, to not see that in the new one. But I know, like you said, a lot of people who skipped those games, probably because that turned them off, not realizing that if they played it, they would probably like it yeah, more. Yeah, well, I think I think Pokemon... Like, once X... Excuse me. I keep saying X and Y. Once Sword and Shield come out, yeah. I think Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee will still feel like a different game. Because I think it's going for a yes. vibe that is more about... I think if, if if Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee had one mission, it was to make Pokemon feel alive. Yeah. It was to make the world feel lived in. Like yes. seeing how big Pokemon were, like running through the streets of a city on Arcanine. Yeah. Um it felt like a console release where Pokemon were more than just stats in your PC. Yeah. Uh and I think and I think that taking that 
and adding it to like a more kind of concrete Pokemon entry. Mm-hmm. By concrete, I mean like I I do at the end of the day do prefer the wild battles because I like that moment of tension. I wouldn't mind if they had the go mechanics with uh with catching them. I found the go mechanics to be fine. But I think that the motion controls uh, were, were yeah, really bad. That's not the part that I liked about yeah. Let's Go. It was more it was more the ability to avoid or get into battles. Sure. But if it was that same exact overworld where I could see a Rattata and decide yes or no, I'm going to go fight that thing. And then once I go in there, it is just classic Pokemon battle. Like that's the perfect blend. Do we of know those if two Pokemon are going to appear in the grass? Because I love that. I don't know. It, it looks like they're not. I mean, based uh, on what we saw in the. Well, that's I mean, what I'm talking about, though. That's, yeah. that's what I mean. Oh, by, I like, see. I see. Um, I mean, yeah, so I think the, the go mechanics were great when you had it on handheld. Um, yeah. but yeah, and regardless of the, of that, um, the setting looks great. The, I, I imagine there will be a lot of stuff from the older entries where even if you don't see them in the grass, I think that they'll probably still allow Pokemon to like follow you around and like check in with them like you do. It doesn't look like it. Yeah. I mean, it's not in any of the shots in the trailer. Well, I guess, yeah, maybe not. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. I just feel like in the last few, like, Sun and Moon did a lot to have you spend more time with your Pokemon. You yeah. could, like, groom them and feed them and stuff, which is what you could do in Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. So what I mean is that I think having it on the console and having having that world be so fully realized already, I think that it will have that vibe of, like, Pokemon feeling alive. I hope even, so. Even if yeah. they don't have the them popping out of the grass and stuff. Yeah. Um, I... It's weird. I can't believe that I'm like more into Pokemon Let's Go than I am into this on on that level. Like I think mechanically those games just really push the envelope for the first time really ever. Like you said, Sun and Moon just kind of made a better environment but didn't change anything about the game. I think Let's Go was like a forward step for the franchise. And then if you were to take what's best about those games and blend it with random encounters and and battles and like having the Pokemon like outside of the ball at all times and being able to ride them around. Like that would be the, the perfect blend to me. Well, that's, I mean, um, soul silver and heart gold, which were the yes. fourth gen remix of silver and gold. Whoever you had first in your party would follow you around, which ruled. Yeah. So okay. I, I, that's a really simple choice, but I do hope they have that. I'm, yeah. I'm with you there. I, there isn't enough. We still haven't seen enough of the game. Like even the footage they showed is like, this isn't real gameplay or whatever. Yeah. So I don't know if it's safe to say if that will be in the game or not be in the game. All I know is that having having a core mainline Pokemon game on the Switch in that kind of setting with those starters is almost enough for me just to be very excited. Yeah, I don't I don't want to come off sounding like I'm not excited about this because I extremely am. I think the setting by itself is enough for me. Um, yeah. And on top of that, the idea and I don't know if you remember the shot where there's like your the main player character seems to be dressed up in some kind of jersey, like walking out into a giant literal Pokemon stadium and like they're about to get into some shit like that for me was like, oh, my God, this is like this seems like the like a soccer league kind of thing. But for Pokemon and that fucking rules, I don't know what it is, <laughs> That's um, awesome. but it, it seems like they're finally realizing what we see in the anime all the time, which like is a thing that I haven't watched in a long time. But I just remember seeing people. At least in, in Pokemon, the first movie, I remember like the, the Mewtwo thing where he invites all of the different trainers to come and fight in this giant coliseum. And it looks like that kind of thing is being implemented in this game, which is rad. Um, there's a very specific symbol that you can see on the jerseys of everyone. And like they're kind of all over in a lot of the shots. It seems like there's an actual like league happening yeah. in, in the Gala region, which is cool. I'm excited to see what it is. I guess I'm excited, too, because I think that like... I will not be doing a Nuzlocke for Sword and Shield. I want to play it normally. Yeah. Um, and I think that... 
I just want to the the one thing that prevents me from like pointing to Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee as like my favorite entry is the fact that it is at the end of the day like pretty easy. Yeah. To the point where like and again it's going for a different vibe. And I mean they're all like since I want to say like Gen like since X and Y thought they've all been like leaning towards being a lot easier. Yeah. And I get that. Like, I don't I don't need it to be like a, a challenge necessarily, but I want it to be like, okay, I actually need to think about what moves I'm gonna use. And yeah. Sun and Moon felt that way. Right. Um uh all, all of them have felt that way except for uh for let's go Pikachu and Eevee. yeah, like I I feel like at a certain point I'm like I feel like this is more about and that's fine if it is. So then, uh, excuse me, God, I'm mixing them all up. Uh, let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee felt more about catching and collecting than about battles. Yeah, and I don't necessarily need it to be about battles, but I think that it'd be nice to have both kind of on the same level. I agree. Yeah, I agree. One question I have for you: Do you feel? at all bummed out by the fact that it's not like a breath of the wild style, like giant open world thing that's happening. Um, that it's more like just sun and moon with like better graphics in a different region. I, I don't, I, I, I honestly am impressed at how far they're taking it, even just from what we've seen. Yeah. I think I'm with you the, the thing about breath of the wild is that yes, it was a giant leap for the series, but it's still Zelda. Yeah. You know, and Zelda has always kind of been about, uh, Zelda at its at its for every system has kind of pushed what are the boundaries of this hardware that will let us make a world that feels like you can explore it. Mm-hmm. And I think if you boiled Zelda down as a franchise, like what its incentive is, it's to explore and to find things. So yeah. on the NES, you have the classic kind of dungeon crawler. Yeah. Um, in Link to the Past, you have this two D overworld and in Ocarina of Time you have this 3D world that you can ride on horseback and see all of and then I think they kind of stopped there mm-hmm. and, and didn't let I mean not that the Wii's hardware was especially inviting but yeah. you know you didn't have up until Breath of the Wild you didn't have um, the the era of hardware match the level of like oh my god I'm blown away by this world. Yeah, story started to become the focus instead of so exploration. So I think with Pokemon, if you boil down like what is that series about, it's about an immersive setting where it's 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 also kind of about discovery in a way. Yeah, and it's about um, making a team and and battling and 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 training. And I think setting. I think they realize that setting is a huge factor in those games. Yeah, I don't think it was until. I mean, again, I'm not as familiar with the regions. I know that Gen One through Four are different regions of Japan. That's what inspired them. I think it's kind of unfair to expect Pokemon to take such a giant step when, like, I don't. I don't mean like fully realized um, open exploration sim like Zelda. I just mean more the idea that the region is more than just like one straight road that takes you from your starting town to the end, just kind of like a more open, more uh, open world, I guess really mm. yeah, take I guess. on Pokemon, which I think is what a lot of people expected. That's not really what I was expecting. I was keeping my expectations very low. I for mean, this. yeah, you, you expected it to not even be about this. No, I thought, so they announced, uh, or sorry, they gave another trailer for detective Pikachu the day before. So I thought that it was just going to be, Hey, we're adding a detective to Pikachu event to Let's Go and Pokemon Go and also we're still making Pokemon whatever for 2019 but maybe right. it'll get delayed. That's what I thought we were getting. Yeah. I didn't expect this to all be Sword and Shield. But anyway, you were saying. Yeah, so I think that um I mean, I don't think linearity with Pokemon is a bad I agree. move at all. I think that there's enough the games have established enough of 
rewarding curiosity when you're catching. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in uh, the fourth gen, which is almost too like arbitrary for me to like point to. But like, if you put like some kind of sap on a tree at a certain time of day, you can catch a bug Pokemon that was like, specific to that. Yeah. So like, it's not like you're on Route One, you can only catch a rat, and that's. I mean, that might be Route One, but yeah. like. There's enough to discover and there are enough like rare Pokemon that like I don't I don't think them constructing a, a linear path in those games is bad. Now, it would be interesting to you, you talked about this in one of our really early episodes where we talked about um I talked about Fire Emblem, you talked about a uh a like fan version of, of a Pokemon game. Oh yeah, it? Crystal Clear. Crystal Clear. That one lets you go wherever you want right away. And yeah, you, you can, can start in any town, pick any starter and like a whole bunch of other starters. Yeah. Now I am I am curious about a Pokemon game that like you can actually stumble across an area where you may be <clears throat> under leveled or you may be like, oh this is not where I'm supposed to go yet. Yeah. I mean I think honestly I could see them if they wanted to do this, I could see what would work is like you have kind of a link to the past map where you can go to certain areas in any order, but mm-hmm. like a recommended level shows up. Kind of yeah. what I do with Octopath Traveler. Yeah. Where you can go in and it's like recommended level X. So it's okay if I'm feeling kind of rowdy and I want to try an area that's that way you're not blindsided by it. Right. Because I think that there's also the design of like you don't want to have players not know they're stumbling into an area that's full of like level 50 Tauruses. Right, absolutely. You know, and their rat and bird get stomped to death. And that <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I honestly, I'm just really happy that, like, I think that Let's Go is a great game. And I think you and I are very pro Let's Go. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad that that's not becoming the staple yeah. of, of what the mainline games are like. But I think that. There's a lot to take and admire about that game. So I hope that at the same time, it doesn't completely eschew what we learned from Let's Go. Yeah. Which is, I think, what you're worried about. Yeah, and I think you make a great point that like we haven't really seen enough to really make any right. total judgment on whether that stuff is going to make an appearance or not. I I, I think I talked about this maybe around E3 or whenever, um, or sorry, around when Let's Go came out that I was hoping that this game would have two versions, kind of. like So everybody who got into this game, or got into the franchise through Let's Go, would have some of those mechanics in this game enabled if they wanted them. Yeah. you know, So you could kind of pick and choose which, cool. which version of this game you want to play. Um, I'm kind of hoping that that's still the case, because I think that that would be really helpful for a lot of people. Um, th- one of the things I said right at the beginning of this Nintendo Direct was that this game is made for hardcore fans and the people who just got into the game through let's go and people who've been playing pokemon go for a while yeah so like they mentioned all of that but then they also made sure to mention gyms random encounters things like that so it seems like they definitely have the the hardcore they're making the game that they've always made but there is something in there for those people that got into it through let's go and i'm just interested to see what that's going to materialize yeah i I go i think it's the same point i made earlier where i think it's like i'm glad that they are kind of uh, going back to basics in a way mm-hmm. or back to like what the formula what we like about the formula yeah and hopefully maybe adding or tweaking some things that you know we didn't like as much like we don't need z moves we don't need <laughs> yeah uh, i don't really mind mega evolutions but like you know i don't need that either yeah i, I kind actually... of feel like if you're gonna have me need them for everything yeah like the fact that there's only like 13 pokemon that get mega evolutions is like why would i ever use this maybe don't eat pidgey because there is a mega pidget so maybe there's something <laughs> more going on with pidgey than i thought yeah or pidgeot excuse me is Pidge- it pidgey or pidgeot it's pidgeot yeah that sounds better pidgeot's fun though you can eat pidgeot <laughs> <laughs> if you find a pidgeot you can eat it um so yeah man i'm just really excited i really want to play with you and i think the thing too 
<laughs> cool. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Sounds like fun. I'm right back after a grade. Uh, <laughs> the thing that the thing that rules is like playing Pokemon online has always been a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, like usually, the last time I did was when X and Y came out, and my friends had it, and we like played it for a hot minute and then kind of moved on. Yeah. Um, but like playing it online randomly was like kind of a nightmare because you were either playing like a child mm-hmm. or someone who has like scientifically like caustically bred their Pokemon <laughs> to be like, you know, as, as good as they possibly can and, and just knows the game to a degree that no one else does. Yeah. So I don't really enjoy that, but I think that it being on switch and hopefully having, you know, online capabilities that are accessible, it'll be easier just to trade and battle like with friends on, on like a more approachable level. Yeah. Um, rather than like needing friend codes to like, you know, do whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, the friend code aspect still exists at least on the Switch level, but hopefully not in game level. Because the fact that you needed friend codes for both your 3DS and the game that you were playing, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, anyway, Pokemon Sword and Shield's coming out this year. Or you, which one are you getting? I have no idea. I'm going Sword. I'll let you know now. I, th- I think it's Sword because it's blue. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that sword was the cooler color yeah. too, because you would think it was the other way around. Yeah. What do you think the enhanced version of it is going to be called? See, like Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Well, I made um, I made one that oh, I posted trebuchet. on Twitter, Pokemon, <laughs> Pokemon Trebuchet with a purple logo because you blend them together. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I I also saw somebody else made Pokemon Gun, which was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, them calling it Sword and Shield is such a good move because like so many doors are open now. Because I was like, well, what are they going to call it? They're out of planets. Yeah, they're out of precious stones, but they're like, we can just do anything. It could be like pen and paper you know (laughs) that would be hilarious if it was like pokemon sword and pokemon pen (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's like well there's a very specific one you gotta pick pen you gotta you gotta pick pen because it's inherently mightier i guess yeah (laughs) um pokemon sword only has pidgeots i wonder if the legendaries are (laughs) (laughs) what's a pidget by the way, is it a pidge? Is it a pidgey without wings or a something? A pidgey is like a person in a bird costume. <laughs> you know that commercial, like it must be Eagle Man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I've got a deal. That's pidgey. Okay, um, you can eat them. <laughs> Mister Mime, though, no. Yeah, no, no. He's somebody's son. <laughs> I told you my theory, right? Uh, I told you an old yes, episode. yes, 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 yeah. yes. Because yeah. you. It's been debunked because you there are like baby Mr. Mimes and like you can catch multiple of them in later right. games, but there's only one Mr. Mime in red and blue and his name is like Jerry. Mm-hmm. And you he gets trade, traded to you. Yeah, yeah. In a very isolated house in Celadon City. Like this house is haunted. Yeah. Bad place. Um well <laughs> should we take a break and come back and let's take a break. Talk about um, some more stuff. I'm really excited though. I'm really, really excited for Sword and Shield. This will be a really good like the last, we've you've talked often about getting a good JRPG on the Switch. Yeah. And I think that having Fire Emblem in the summer and Pokemon in the fall, like I know yeah. those are two Nintendo staples, but right. like they both look like they are console games. Like yeah. for both series have been so known for being Game Boy exclusives that like it's great to see them just going, No, we're gonna give you a full console experience. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm I, I can't be uh I couldn't be more excited. I'm excited too. I hope that the uh, the legendaries utilize their weapons in some way. Oh my god, please! Um, there yeah. are those dog heads on both of them, so I wonder if there's going to be like two dog knights. Yeah, oh, I love that. It's weird. Uh, oh yeah, right. 
Undertale crossover. Uh, yeah. What if you did a thing or, where, or, or, like, or, or, <laughs> the sword and shield or, 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 like, some enchanted item, like, you know, the Excalibur of Tears and, like, yeah. the Crest of Fear. Fuck me up. Give it um, to me. Yeah. And they're not Pokemon, but they're actually the item, right? Yeah. You grab the sword and then you see, like, you know, like, no one else is able to wield it. Like, oh, we've never seen this in, like, thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. You're holding the sword and you see your hand, your arm begins to turn into a ghostly uh, shade of white. Um, your face... Uh, also turns that same exact shade of white. You feel uh, strange dark horns growing out of your head and and kind of circular uh, skeletal structure in your shoulders. Um, you try to speak, but you can't. Uh, and you drop the sword, and you are in a box, and now, my friend, you are the new Mr. Mime. You have transformed. Wow, and then yeah. you get traded to some to little kid. It's like, it's in, all full circle! In Celadon City, yeah. yeah. You get uh, traded into a Game Boy game. That'd be amazing. Right? Yeah. And then yeah. Nintendo's like, is this what you wanted? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted red and blue. Have it back. Yeah. yeah. You have it now. Yeah, yeah that's how it goes. Well. Yeah. Well, that's the game. Well, that's the game. See you later. Steven. Hi. We're back. We're back. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about Final Fantasy IX. I'm all ears. Uh, because you talked to me about Final Fantasy IX. I sure did. (laughs) Thank you for listening. You arrived at third grade with your tomes. Yeah, that was really what it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It's a show. It's me showing up with my tomes. (laughs) Me and my tomes. Gex under the gecko. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Gex. Sorry. What if Gex was in a a Gex Legends? Well, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm going back to Chicago immediately. To play because I don't have PS4 with me. If you show me a screenshot, I wonder if there's a reality where you showed me a screenshot of Gex and Apex Legends and I dismissed it right away, or if I was in the same purgatory of disbelief and belief as I was with Crash. Yeah. Crash, the brand of Crash just feels like it's at a point where, like, whoever wants them can get them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love Naughty Dog, but I feel like they've kind of moved on from Crash, and now yeah. he's just sort of up for grabs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we should bid for Crash. Yeah? Yeah. Have you played the Insane Trilogy? I did not, no. Neither did I. It's on Switch, though. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard it's kind of, like, something about the controls being a little off, because... Mm. I mean, no one has ever highlighted PlayStation 1 as, like, A beacon of incredible controller. platforming, yeah. Um, I remember liking Crash 2 a lot back in the day, and I think... Uh, yeah, me too. Like, 1, I think, is sort of bad. Even at the time, I was never that into 1. Mm. I got 1, like, after I got 2, and I was like, nah. Yeah. And 3, 3 was fun, but I think 2 was, like... The crash experience, yeah. Other than Apex Legends, <laughs> right. which is slowly becoming Whoa. the <laughs> fuck. Crash had insane, like the amount of death animations in that game. Yeah, were wild. like the default one was him becoming an angel. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, I just stopped doing that. My real talk. I think the. Crash Bandicoot experience for me is Crash Team Racing. That's a great game. I think it's way better than any of the Crash games. I at least any of the ones I played. That those that there was an era of like adventure racing games like that and Diddy Kong Racing that I wish continued. It's such a cool idea. Yeah, there was a little bit of Snowboard Kids, kind of a cult classic with that yeah. sort of same make. Um, I actually got an alert from uh, Fan Gamer, which has like. Yeah. You know, game merchandise. They email me like they're like snowboard kids merch now available. I'm like, <laughs> what a luck! 
Like, that's a very specific man yeah. to go for. Steven, yeah, comma, Steven. I <laughs> think <laughs> say that. They're like, oh, we know you on snowboard kids. It's, uh, just, it's just for you, yeah. I, don't know I didn't get that for. email, just saying. I'm on the mailing list. They didn't tell me. I might have alone gotten that email. <laughs> we know how much you liked the Snow Day VHS, so. Yeah. Uh, Did they ask you to put your first, last name, and social security number in when you visited the page? They said, you got to sell eight copies of Snowboard Kids. You keep one. We Mm -hmm. get 80% of the profits. Mm -hmm. Then you get eight people to play Snowboard Kids. Right, and then those eight people can then sell more copies of Snowboard Kids. Right, and I'm like, this feels good. This feels genuine. Thanks, Fangamer. Um, This episode of Into the Aether is brought to you by (laughs) Fangamer. They actually have a lot of cool stuff. They are not a pyramid scheme, uh, (laughs) like I suggested. Yeah, Fangamer.com, not a pyramid scheme, is their slogan. (laughs) I actually got a really cool Hollow Knight poster from them. Yeah, they're great. Anyway, um, we were talking about Final Fantasy (laughs) IX. We were, weren't we? <laughs> well, you you asked me if I wanted to hear about. It. I'm ready. Yeah, um, I'm 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 weary but ready. So I played. I started playing Final Fantasy IX like in, while I was editing the episode that we released last week. Because as I mentioned it in the recording, but like as you were talking about, it, I was literally reaching for my Switch to see if <laughs> I could purchase it. Uh, the Switch was not within arm's distance, so I had to wait until after. But anyway, I bought it and I started playing it. I will say this right off the bat, I like you think that it is the best entry point into this franchise I'm at least glad. at least that i've played so yeah, far i'm glad you think that way um and now there's no way for me to know if any other one is a better entry point because this is the one that was the entry point for me sure um but i have some caveats okay um and i think that the switch version of this game is the definitive best version of this game to play specifically because of these caveats there are a bunch of things that they added to this game that are making it playable and great for me there's a thing where if you press the the what is usually the start button, just the plus button on the switch, it'll bring up like a couple options that you have. One of them is there's a thing called the AP APB meter. Yeah, so there there's a weird purgatory between turn based combat and real time combat. That yeah, I think they introduced in seven, where it might have been in six too actually, but it's basically called I think it's called automatic time battle. Stands for ATB. ATB, yeah. which yeah. basically is whether or not that's what it stands for. It's a meter that slowly fills up, and then when it's your turn, you input the commands. Right. Meanwhile, the enemy is also having that. So yeah. there's a way you can specify whether or not you want it to be like when you are selecting time stops for everyone else. Right. Um, which essentially makes it a version of turn base. Yeah. Or if you just have to act fast. Yeah. I have it on the like act fast mode. At the That's moment. the but, way to do it. I yeah, think, but the, a, the just to clarify, the ATB meter needs to fill up before that character can attack, and every single character has one, and that's kind of what defines the turn order is how long it takes for the meter to fill up. Right, and faster characters will it will fill faster. Yeah, like if you so guys haste or whatever. There is a thing in the in the settings in this game that allows you to have the ATB meters for your party full at all times, so you can just like kind of keep attacking over and over and over again yeah. um and it kind of turns it into more turn base a little bit more a little bit faster than like just sitting there waiting for the atb you're also doing way again. more damage because you're getting turns like right exactly yeah. uh so that exists there's another one that literally just speeds up the game so you can just kind of like run around faster it doesn't change any of the music or anything That's which good. is nice so like yeah. it keeps everything kind of like um low key and then there's also another thing that uh every attack you have does 9999 <laughs> damage uh Get that turned on uh, no, and then there's another one. I forget what it does, but there there are four things. There's that another they give you. one too that uh, it lets. So the way this, the way the ability works, without getting too into it, is like, you know, you have your like I think there's like a hat, gloves, 
weapons, whatever, all your equipment has abilities attached to it. Yeah. For that specific piece of equipment. So like a dagger will have certain abilities and your character can learn whichever ones aren't grayed out. Yeah. That means that when you have the item equipped, you can use that ability. But if you were to sw- if you got like a better dagger and you put that on, you would no longer be able to use that ability unless you leveled it up enough that you retained that ability forever. Right. Um, there is a mode where you just, the minute you equip something, you get all the abilities right away. Yeah. Which I guess kind of eliminates some grinding, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, the the fourth thing I just remembered is when you are out in the open, it uh, reduces the rate of random encounters. Oh, that's another good. one. Um, so I will say that the caveat I will put on this game is that I have been using some of these occasionally as my way of just like progressing in places where I find myself frustrated. Um, the beginning of the game, the first like hour or two before the full party is together and stuff. Um, I honestly liked the way you described it more than I enjoyed playing it. Okay. Um, I think that your description of it and, and I think you filled in some gaps with some characterization that like made that story sound great. And then in playing it, it was like, "Ah, maybe not so much for me. Okay. As soon as I got past that point and I was like out of, out of the, the like dreaded forest or whatever, the evil forest, the evil forest. And I made my way into like some ice caves and through, and you fight like a black mage in some ice caves. And then you end up in like a village. Yeah. And the village is like very quaint and good until it's extremely not right. Right. Um, and like you see all the characters just kind of like bouncing around, like doing whatever they want to do in the village, just kind of like being their own selves in the best ways in all of their uh, little side stories. That was a moment where it really clicked for me. Um, and I think maybe you would probably like the intro more knowing the characters like I do at yeah. this point. Where like maybe, yeah. You know, I don't I don't know if like if that first hour hit me as hard the first time I played than if it does now knowing like the seeds they're planting, what it's going to become. Yeah. Essentially. Um so the reason I'm bringing this up in, in this way is just kind of like I I know that turning on these like what are essentially cheat codes, essentially. They're sure. like built in cheat codes is definitely like not the way that you're supposed to play the game. But the fact that they're there to me indicates that like it's okay to use them in in certain dire moments, right? I fought the black mage like maybe four or five times uh, and continued to die in like really dumb ways over and over and over again. Like I learned like the the movement patterns and what attacks they do at like what level of damage and stuff. So like I kind of, I knew what to expect in a lot of instances, but I like didn't either grind enough or I wasn't a high enough level or whatever. I just like kept fucking up over and over again. So I was like, ah, fuck it. I just I need to get past this because I want to see more of this game. Yeah. And that's I think the heart of what I'm trying to get at is like I want to see more of the game and like the PS1 era like <laughs> bad game design things that happen every once in a while. Yeah. They have built in ways for me to get around those now. Yeah. And because of that, I don't feel bad about using them for no, like one off so, instances. I think honestly, like we talked earlier about what what is the sort of the mission of the game. And Nine's mission is the story and the characters. Right. You know, and I I think I I do enjoy the gameplay of that one. I think it's like way more palatable than than some of the earlier entries but i think that like if you are playing it now for the first time and you're enjoying it enough that you want to keep going and that gets in the way of that i think that's totally fair yeah um so i don't i would be way more uh upset if you were like the story's bullshit but boy do i love grinding my hat ability <laughs> right so yeah i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna tune out every time the cutscene starts yeah um, i i just i continue to think about when uh they announced uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze for the Switch with the new funky mode. 
And everybody was like, wow, that's hilarious that they're adding like an easy mode and like branding it as like they're adding Funky Kong as a character. And like at the end of the day, if that's what gets somebody to enjoy that game, you know, like somebody who would have found that game too frustrating because platforming is too hard and they're not like into platformers or whatever. If that's the thing that gets them to like play it through to the end, then that's fucking cool that that's there. Yeah, I think so. You know, and that's kind of how I feel about this stuff. And I almost now using it in Final Fantasy IX wish that it was in more things. Yeah. Um, I... I know uh, Celeste has a whole bunch of stuff in there that's like for accessibility reasons, but also is the way that a lot of people finished that game and saw the end of that story. Yeah. I mean, that's I th- awesome. I think because Celeste is a game, again, talking about like the mission of the game, there's two missions happening there. There's like really precise and punishing yeah. platforming elements. And then there's a really beautiful story. Right. So I think for, I mean, the reason that was my game of the year in 2018, a uh, spoiler if you haven't listened to the game of the year episode. <laughs> yeah. The reason that was my favorite game of last year, and, and honestly, one of my favorite games in recent memory, was because of the story. Yeah. I enjoyed the platform elements as like a kind of metaphor of that story. Yeah. Um, but I'm not looking to complete the like seasides of every level. And there's some people that are. And that's the great thing is like both with the switches you can put on to make that game a breeze, you can also turn all the switches off and, right. and play in the dark, basically. Yeah. Uh, so I think that games that let and because I think there's a lot of I have a lot of friends who really do want to get into games, but like I mean, you know, it's hard for me sometimes because I've played since I've played since I was third, third grade. Yeah, like, there's a lot of things that I don't even realize are like things you have to learn. Yeah, and that's a blind spot on my part, you know, because right. like I want to I want everyone to enjoy these games and and I want to recommend them to people the same way everyone recommends TV shows and all that. Yeah, but there's this kind of gateway of like feeling like you're good at them quote-unquote yeah and like that's i i hate that like i mean i get i get that i get the frustration on on the newcomers part but i hate that that's a point of entry yeah so i think i i am totally in in favor of especially with these games that are so story centric i'm in favor of like optional switches you can put on that makes it an experience and then maybe if you feel more confident you can go back later and try them without yeah um, the thing i keep thinking about is is undertale which is like a game that i am loving the story of but i'm stuck at one specific part yeah. and like there is no switch for me to, flip <laughs> to make that one part easier you know what i mean and like playing final fantasy and now knowing like if i'm ever stuck at a point there are a uh, there are myriad options that the developers have given me to allow me to get around it so I can continue experiencing the stories of these characters that I'm now growing to love a lot. Yeah. I wish that that was in more games at this point. Like, I, we recommended Hollow Knight a lot on this show, and, and that was my game of the year last yeah, year. And, and I'm still stuck at one point in that game, Yeah, too. <laughs> and there are a bunch of people that we both know who have purchased that game because of, of this podcast. And, yeah. like, that's a fucking tough game. Yeah. That's, it's really hard. It is. And, and one of the, the main draws of that game is just experiencing the world and, and the stories that it has to tell, and not really the, the gameplay. Uh, the gameplay is, is wonderful. Uh, don't get me wrong, but it's not for everyone. Whereas I think the story and the way that the story unfolds for you is for everyone. Sure. Um, and the fact that there's no like easier way to play Hollow Knight kind of sucks for the people that would like to experience that story but can't because they would get stuck at like the first boss forever. Right. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I guess it also depends on like a game like Hollow Knight and a game like Dark Souls. You know, the clear influence for it. Yeah. The difficulty is done in a way that actually does aid the storytelling yeah um, totally so I don't, I don't think you're proposing to not do that but you're proposing like 
Okay, do that as like your main mission, but maybe give some levers for people who want to get into it. Yeah. Otherwise, which is you know that's obviously asking a lot, and that comes in like the development phase. Right. Um, right. It's not like an easy thing to just. I add think to it's video definitely game. valid though to ask for ports. I think like having those kind of like ROM hacks, if you will. Yeah. Uh, in in older games where design just wasn't as good. I mean, honestly, you'll like hearing this. The one Final Fantasy that I think has impeccable gameplay is Ten. I think Ten's yeah. combat is like it is really good it's because it's completely turn-based yeah and you can see the turn order Mm -hmm. you can switch party members out as you play i think 10 is a great example of like how to do turn-based combat alongside persona 5 and yeah and and octopath i always point to those too um so yeah man i think i'm glad you're enjoying nine for what i enjoy it for and i'm glad that there are options that exist that you can get past the like 1999 gunk yeah uh so that's kind of exactly how i see it it's just like every once in a while you just got to throw on the 9,000 damage thing. Yeah. So I wonder, I'm really curious when 7 comes out, because I will be playing it again. Yeah. And I think that, like, I mean, Final Fantasy 7 is, is like, it's like the Beatles of video games. It's just like, it's just like so yeah. often mentioned and, like, seen in this light. And right. uh, it's interesting how I think that, like, that is, at least currently right now, I feel like that is, like, somehow such a poorly aged game and yeah. like so hard to recommend to anyone who hasn't played it. Yeah. Um now, like I think like maybe maybe six years ago, but like not now. Not not in a post Last of Us world where like games <laughs> have, have become something different. Yeah. Uh so so yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. see how it goes. I wonder I'm sure Seven will have similar abilities. Um mm-hmm. and honestly too like even with the story, like I think again, like I've I talked extensively about how Final Fantasy as a series, when I played them back in my cursed third grade years, or <laughs> and even earlier, honestly, yeah, because uh, we're old, uh, was like the first time I experienced games telling a story at all, right? So even though I do think that like revisiting nine, I think that the writing and the characters are still great. Yeah. Uh, it's still wrapped up in the, like, this is one of the first games to do this mm-hmm. and to do this well. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to like, you know, you, you, you see that all the time where like you, you really like a movie and you're like, Oh, it was actually largely influenced by like who, but who, but whoville in 1920. And you watch Herbert Whoville stuff. And you're like, I don't care. I have nothing yeah. attached to this, even though they did it first. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing, but it's just like, it's hard to, to separate your emotional ties to things when like they may be influenced by something you don't associate with. Right. If, that, if, that, if I'm saying that accurately, um, so I'm glad you're enjoying F9. Don't feel pressure to like love it the same level I do because like it's hard to ask that of anybody. Yeah, I'm I'm just in it to try and see what Final Fantasy is about. And that's and that's why I recommended it because you have been on a mission on your own accord to get into a Final Fantasy. Yeah. And I was really excited to play nine and be like, this feels like the one. Yeah. Because I think that even though ten, I think has the best design gameplay, like, oh brother, <laughs> it's hard. To, it's, <laughs> it's hard to recommend the story of that one. Yeah. Uh, even though there are some standout characters. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I also got so burned by ten. I, I don't know if I ever mentioned it on the podcast. You had, a, you lost your save file, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just my cursed Vita experience. Do they, but, are they putting ten on Switch? Yep. Oh, wow. Like, in, like, a week or two? You know what? I did... By the time this episode comes out, it might be out. I did Impulse Buy, the remastered of 10 and 10.2 on PS4. I've never yeah. played 10.2. Yeah. Maybe I'll check that out sometime yeah. soon. I got it. It was it was a cross-buy. If you got it for Vita, you also got it for PS4. Have you played 10.2? No. No, it came with 10 and 10.2. But... 
Yeah. I've not played my Final Fantasies that I have not played. I haven't played like actual two. Yeah. Uh, and then I haven't played 10 to or 15. Yeah. So do you know about the, the like chibi version of 15 pocket edition? We talked a bit about it. It's like the, I read that it's basically the same game. It's the full game. Yeah. Just like a much more limited version of it. Yeah. So the reason, yeah, I, I was, I meant to bring this up to you and I, I'm kind of glad it's on the podcast now. Yeah. Um, my understanding of what that game was is very different than what it actually is. So that combat in that game is still like action combat. It's still like Kingdom Hearts kind of style. Uh, but instead of the like full open world where you're like driving the car around and doing stuff, it is just taking you through the story like a seven or a nine or like a 10. Um, so instead of having this like open world, you can do whatever you want. They're just taking you through the game and it's set up as if it's an old school Final Fantasy game oh, wow. with action combat and with those same characters and a lot of the same writing, uh, which seems like more your vibe, honestly, yeah, than the actual out. 15. <laughs> and I've seen reviews because like when it came out, everybody was like, oh, I don't know who this is for. But I've right. seen reviews since then, since it got really because that came out on mobile like forever ago. But I've seen reviews since it came out on Switch. It's like this is the way to play 15 if you Maybe like the older out. games. That sounds great. It's also on sale right now. And on Switch, dude, yeah. you sold me. <laughs> uh, I want to check that out. Yeah. I want to check that out. I'm thinking about checking it out because I love the story of 15, but just like didn't play enough of it because yeah. I think Persona 5 came out around the same time. Yeah, that was actually the same thing that happened to me because like I... Because I also haven't played 13. You know, I do want to play 13 as well because I really like Lightning. Lightning. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Lightning fucking rules. Yeah. But like uh, some other characters. I do like Snow on like a ironic level because mm-hmm. it's just like some Hollister dude. This is very obnoxious. <laughs> Anyone who fights with their hands in the world of Final Fantasy, you have to respect. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like Tifa is the is the goddess of the monk class, but like Snow is just hilariously trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's that's all I wanted to say about Final Fantasy and and cheat codes in the year of our Lord twenty nineteen. Yeah. Do you think you're gonna get seven when it comes out? I am unsure. I'm Honestly, oh, well, let me say something actually yeah, because this it. is seven related. Um, the one my hey out there listening, if you are thinking <laughs> hey. about, <laughs> is it you? <laughs> if, <laughs> Probably. If if you are thinking about getting Final Fantasy nine for the Nintendo Switch. The one thing that will increase your enjoyment more than anything else, and I did not... This is akin to me getting the red and blue Joy-Cons for my Switch and suddenly loving playing Switch more. There's an option to change the UI from gray to blue. As soon as that happened, I was like, I love playing this game. This is great. You know what's another good... It's not a ROM hack or any kind of cheat, but it's something they just added for the version. Yeah. You can now see before you talk to someone if they play Tetramaster, which is the card game in the Oh, right. Because normally you would just have to like try your luck. Let me tell you something. You mentioned in the last episode that Hip Hall hides his magic cards, magic his cards, Tetramaster cards. Yeah, yeah, in in the well or something, mm-hmm. right? I did not remember that you said that until I was editing the episode after I had gotten past that part. So I don't have enough cards to play the game still, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like eight hours into the game now. It's probably a blessing because, like, look, <laughs> I have played that game. A, a, a few times now, and I've, I am a longtime fan of the series. I still don't know how to play Tetra Master. Yeah. It is impossible. It really hit you with like all the rules, and they just go, like, yeah, right like, on the head. Because it's like, it, it's like the arrows on the card. There's yeah. like four stats. Yeah. There's, and there's <laughs> arrows on the card that signify the directions they can attack. 
If there's no arrow. Um, uh, hi, welcome. I am the Tetra Master. My name is Mogster. You might know me from uh, teaching so my you, little brother uh, in the swamp. Um, the I'm to teach you a few now. tips and tricks so, so that you, uh, dear listener, can become the Tetra Master. Now, so here we go. So I'm going to start you off with three goblins and two clan monsters. So what this means is the pack and whoever loses the battle becomes the opposing color. Now, let's say you put your dagger clan card, which has a 0M, 1, arrows in all directions. If you just took over a card nearby, let's say, I don't know, a Yeti, they put down an opposing card and it wins in the battle. Who wins? You don't fucking know. There's no way to know who wins the battle. I have tried to learn this stupid fake card game my entire life. There's no way to know who wins. But if they do win, all the cards slip in what I call a combo. Uh, anything else you want to know, little Moogle brother? Wow, bro, you sure know a lot. Why is the brother a cowboy? I don't These know, are my wait. two voices. What? What is? Uh, no, he says you sure know a lot, and he goes, "I know, I know." It's the best. Yeah, you sure know a lot. <laughs> I know. Like, I know. Now here are the really bad status effects. Zombie. Okay. Stop. Well, thanks for listening to this episode <laughs> of Into the Aether. Sorry. Thank you for. This is a tough one to get through. I feel like. Yeah, there's so much that happened. It's a lot that happened. Let's just go through the the list of things that happened. We talked about Apex Legends and Crash Bandicoot. We talked about other characters that could be in Apex Legends. We talked about third grade trauma. We talked about third grade trauma. We talked about every single Pokemon starter and which one we picked and why. <laughs> we talked a little bit about Gex. We talked a little bit about Gex. We talked about the new Pokemon games, the new starters. We talked about the you know the region. Uh, let's go. It, it's almost like we got more serious the more we got until right at the end there. Until Tetra Master. Until Tetra Master. Yeah. Um, I'll lot of stuff thank you for listening it was like a gradient of an episode yeah i guess that happens when we're in person yeah things I guess. get weird yeah things get weird yeah. yeah well i'm excited to record the next episode <laughs> yeah right now Spoiler alert we're gonna record too yeah uh, you know it's kind of a uh, a trick that we do um <laughs> if you want to be a tetra master you have to record two episodes in a row yeah i'm gonna be in disney world so we're not gonna be able to record next week oh is that why so we're doing it yeah that's amazing yeah i'll be in chicago <laughs> kind of like Disney World. Kind of. Like sometimes it's really nice. Yeah. When it's not negative 20. Right. Uh, thanks everybody who listened to For this real. episode. Yes. Thanks everybody who listens at all in general. Uh, it means a lot. If you know somebody that you think would like this show, please share it with them. That is how the show grows. That would be the best uh, thing ever. Uh, we have other stuff going on. There's like a Twitter account. Is that no? Nope. <laughs> what was that brendan uh, <laughs> is there another show brendan <laughs> it's it's at into the cast into uh, the cast yeah uh no seriously thank you for listening we've seen the uh <laughs> we've seen the listener base grow yes uh, pretty steadily which is which is really awesome i i mean honestly like we we have so much fun recording this and like me coming home and, and being able to be here in person is so nice um and yeah, it's a constant source of joy, as I say every week, and it means a lot that people out there also enjoy it. Um, so thank you for listening. I hope you gained something from from this, uh, whether it's just laughing at us or or maybe uh, maybe uh, I don't know, maybe something else. Yeah, like yeah. you know, starting a petition on Change.org to add Crash Bandicoot to Apex Legends. What? The, where is he? Where Where is he? The where fans want to know. Crash. Uh, where's Gex? Where is? Where's Glover? This though can't. It's we're wrapping up. We can't get into the Glover. Goodbye. <laughs> what is, is this is where you reveal yourself to be a hologram. Goodbye. And I'm still like in the Newark airport. Gate. <laughs> okay. My flight did get delayed like twice.
WG, the worst garbage dot online.